Welcome to the Keto for Endurance Athletes podcast, where we show you how to push through the nutrition and training barriers that are holding you back in order to finally get the healthy body and race results you've always wanted. Take the guesswork out of your training and gain the fitness and confidence you need to succeed. Give one of our free training plans a try at www.ketoendurance.co. Peak on race day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Keto for Endurance Athletes podcast. I have a special guest today, Trent Holbert. He has written a number of books. He does coaching and he's a preacher. So it's like a nice different, that's a different combo. And his book is Food God. He's a preacher in Asheville, North Carolina, right? Yep. And uh, I met Trent at the Keto at the Cabin. We had a fabulous time. I met his lovely wife and I heard about their cute little goats and their wonderful children. And it was just such a lovely trip. And I thought that it would be great for Trent to talk about his book. He does some special testing that he may want to talk about, his coaching, and um, just his philosophy on nutrition. So welcome. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for having me on. And it, we had a great time in Cincinnati at the uh, Keto at the Cabin event. So it's really great to just connect with you again. So thanks for yeah. having me on. No problem. Such friendly people. I think keto people are just nice. So well, they feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're nice, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. That's really true. When you feel bad, you know, life isn't near as good. It's easy to get mad. Before I was keto, I mean, one of the reasons I switched my nutrition was I was the typical high carb, low fat athlete. And I tore the fascia on my foot. I first had plantar fasciitis, but then it got progressively worse because I kept running on it until the fascia tore away from the bone. I was in a lot of pain. I was super, super cranky. And then <laughs> <laughs> super cranky. And I thought, would the, be. I thought the whole world around me, I thought my husband was just being a jerk. I thought my kids were being jerks. And I finally did platelet rich plasma on the foot. Nothing helped, but finally, and I was on crutches. Platelet rich plasma finally fixed it. Otherwise, if that didn't work, I, I may have had to have surgery. But it fixed it and I started to feel better. I learned more about diet, nutrition, started to feel better. And I realized it was just me. I was just the angry person. <laughs> you I was just blame. in pain <laughs> and I was in blaming everybody. But when you're in pain, you're super sensitive and yeah. everything gets to you. Well, it got to me. I was not uh, the sin happy person that I wanted to be. You're happy now. I'm happy <laughs> now. My life's good. Yeah, my, my life is like really, really nice and really good. So we were talking before we started the show about this crazy pandemic, which my mom is so, you know, up in arms about. She's like, oh, I can't believe it. And I said, mom, a pandemic happens about every hundred years. If you're looking through history, there's a pandemic. It's just going to happen. And, you know, I have a strong immune system and I figure like I may get sick, but then I'll be okay. Yeah. You were talking about how well, you thought you had the virus. Yeah, I only make a speculation here, but crazy story. We 
you know, you, you did mention I'm a preacher, <laughs> which is funny when people talk to me about what I do because I wear so many hats. But yeah, we did. We actually started a church here in Asheville a couple of years ago. And we're one of these weird churches that just really loves people. Right? <laughs> we tangibly want to help people. Well, we ended up taking and giving a, a man, one, one of these guys in our church, he was in kind of a transition of life coming out of drug rehabilitation. And so we had, we sheltered him for a while and he actually got sick. And I mean, like Stephanie, I, I've never seen this type of sick. And to his, his own admission, he had never been this type of sick. He went to the doctor and they looked at when the symptoms. This, this was this in January. One. Oh, that's whenever it very first started. Yes. Keep this going. is in January of 2020. Yeah. And he just could not seem to get over this thing. Of course, and they treated it like the flu or actually pneumonia. So anyway, I, I actually hung out with him. I sat, sat in his room, you know, just to spend some time with him, ministering to him. And I can remember the week after I did that and I don't get sick. Like I just, I can't tell you the last time I've ever been sick, but I'm in tune enough with my body to know when it's fighting something, you know? Yeah. And so the following week, I was just, I was as puny as could be. Like I'm popping zinc and vitamin C and, and vitamin D. And I'm just really trying to, I guess, self-medicate, you know, naturally. But it really, it is just speculation. I just go back and I think, wow, I mean, what he had really, it seems to identify with, with all that was going on. And then did I have it? I mean, of course, without the antibody testing, I don't know for sure, but I kind of have the feeling, the sneaking sp- suspicion that. I might have really came into contact with it, but thankfully my body's immune system was enough. Yeah, my neighbors all got it and they all eat one set of neighbors. They eat keto. Well, three of them went to Disneyland in January and that's when it first started. And they all came home and they were all sick. And they were like, it was like no other sick we've ever had before, but they all got over it and they did have the antibody test and they, it came out positive. But then one of them went to New York and came home and came home and was sick with the same similar thing. So it's like, you know, it seems like it starts in L.A. and in mm. New York and then, you know, moves towards the You're middle. Right. Yeah. So they they were both sick and thankfully they got better. Have you read about the cytokine storm? Although there's different mm-hmm. keto people who are saying that it's not actually a cytokine storm, but that's easy to say and easy to remember. The very, you know, technical, like it's actually this blah, 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 long specific process. I'm like, nobody's going to remember that. <laughs> that's, I mean, cytokine storms sounds rhymy and easy to remember. And you can search it on Google, or, I mean, on YouTube or Google and read up about it. But then those other things, I'm like, I'm never going to remember those words. I don't remember them now. I'd have to go back and look at the actual interview. Right. Yeah. No, we're just safer to... Uh... To just share everything we read on Facebook. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I stopped going on Facebook so much. <laughs> I was like, I had to limit myself to an hour to a day of either Facebook or Twitter and or Twitter. And so of social media, I only got one hour and I couldn't go on outside of that. I still post stuff. I use a program called Planoly to post to Instagram and then it automatically post other places. So I can still market myself without getting caught up. It's such a time warp. And it's just like, I don't need to have these feelings of being irritated. Yes, 
I just listened to a podcast today with kind of a leadership guru, Kerry Newhoff. I guess he's with his own group and it was the most interesting thing. I'm really meditating on this, but he was talking about how, you know, historically we were never meant to know this much information about all of the world. Like, you know, historically our world consisted of a village. Right. (laughs) Well, have you read the book Civilized to Death? No. Oh, it's great. (laughs) Sounds like in the same vein (laughs) though. It is. And it's my favorite. I mean, I love the writer, which, gosh, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up later. But so he wrote about how, you know, we used to all be in small groups. And that's really like what humans were meant to be. They're supposed to hunt, you know, gather. They shared everything because things, they didn't have refrigeration. So, you know, they got something they shared. And somebody who was self-grandizing, they were a detriment to the whole group. If they were arrogant and wanted to, mm. you know, take everything, then they would either be banished or if they wouldn't go away, then sometimes killed because it was going to affect everybody else in the group. And it wasn't until they had food scarcity and agriculture started that we had the idea of possessions and property. And that really changed everything. And the same with the book of um, Guns, Germs. I don't remember. I'm I'm messing it up, but same premise, same premise, but go on about your podcast. Yeah. Well, I really connect with that message because I feel myself becoming emotionally engaged with people that I've never met. Like for instance, when I go to the social media scrolling, right. And there is constant something is going on, right? Something is going on. Like for some reason, and I don't even know why this is in my newsfeed, but today it's all about things Kanye tweeted, you know? Oh. And, and it's like, yeah. I don't well, know. Why Kanye. do I care? Yeah. I'm never going to meet Kanye, but <laughs> the news about what's going on in Kanye's life is affecting me today. And, but that's a bombardment because I'm going to hear about the earthquake in such and such country. I'm going to hear about the terrorist strike in such and such country. And, and we find ourselves overloaded with empathy that we just can't handle it. And the key takeaway from it was that we weren't ever meant to because, you know, ancestrally, we just, we didn't have the technology or the ability to know about those things. Yeah. And uh, you said pandemics, you know, have happened, you know, they come around every so many years, but of all the pandemics that have hit the, the planet, you know, your little village probably didn't know about it. Right. Yeah, I was reading about the worst histories, the worst, you know, people think this is the worst in the world, you know, whatever. Actually, it's not that bad. I mean, I am pretty healthy. I train with endurance athletes. We're still swim, biking, running. We're still outside. And I coach athletes from online. I did lose a couple clients because their races were canceled. You know, that's all right. I understand. And it's sad that people, some people are having jobs, but I have to go back to like, Right here, right now, my kids are healthy and safe. My son is going to school in Mexico and they're doing classes online. And he's just like, I can't take classes online. It's too hard for me. Spanish is my second language and I just can't get it. So he's Mm. home looking for a job. And my older son still working. He's getting ready to move to Montana because he's going to go to school at University of Montana. But right now he's healthy, safe. He did get sick. We don't know if it was the virus or not, but he had a cough. He was home in bed. We sanitized everything. <laughs> like, stay in your room. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and 
but then it got better and went back to work. And you know, my little world right here and right now is good. I have so, a sneaking suspicion that Stephanie, a lot of people's worlds are pretty good in comparison. Like we're not, you know, most people we're working, we're living, we're raising kids, you know, we're doing that, those things. A lot of the world may be burning down around us, but I don't think it's as much as we let on. I don't think it's as much as social media and the media lets on. Right. If I walk out my front door and go to my neighborhood, I mean, my entire town is living pretty good. I mean, nobody's really starving. People are working. People are friendly. I walk down the street. They're walking their dogs. They wave and say hi. It's like, you know, most of the people that I know of, we're having conversations outside of our lives. We're talking about what's going on of the things that we're reading or hearing about. But it's not actually happening to us. Right. For the most part. And I feel for the people that hard things are happening to. If someone said, Stephanie, can you help me? I'd be like, yeah, I would help you. And there are some people that I know things are going on with. And I have helped them, but that's the only thing I can do. I can immediately help someone one-on-one because right. I want to be helpful. And I know you do too. And I think it's also sort of arrogant to think that I'm going to be the solution for somebody, you know, a thousand miles away that I have, right. I can have no effect on that person. I can donate to causes that I believe in. Aside from that, unless I'm going to like leave my home and go there to help, there's not really anything I can do. And lamenting about it doesn't do anything. It's taxing. It is. I I remember someone said it this way. Do for one what you wish you could do for many. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, of course, my heart's touched. Of course. You know, I'm a sympathetic human being. My heart is touched to see injustice around the world and catastrophe take place. But like you said, I mean, who am I really? Am I going to call up Kanye today and say, hey, bro, listen, it's okay. You know, I've been giving some counsel. <laughs> Probably not. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of in my spirit just say, you know what? Yes, I feel for that, but I'm going to move on. I'm going to deal with the people that I can in my life. Yeah. My village, my village. Yes, I 100 percent agree. And I have the same idea. But I think anybody who who spends time meditating and looking at like thinking about deeper things generally comes to that conclusion. Cause even Buddha said life is all about accepting suffering. And it's, I uh, have a friend who was a therapist. She said, Buddha's life is about suffering. I said, life is, that's not what Buddha said, but life is about accepting suffering. You have to accept that there's suffering. And that's just part of life. That's the spectrum mm-hmm. of emotion that we have. If yeah. we didn't suffer, you know, you wouldn't know what love was. Yeah, I mean, for real. I just actually, uh, this past Sunday, I preached. Can I tell you what I preached on? It's really yeah, cool, though, because it's in life. Yeah, you tell me. It was, it was, me. I mean, because it was basically what Jesus is saying. There's going to be trials. He said there's going to be tribulation. Yeah. There, these things are going to happen. So don't be surprised by it. But then he says, but this is your opportunity to testify like this is your moment to shine right so i try to encourage my people to to look and say listen expect it death has always been a part of the human experience catastrophe natural disaster you know all of these things are there injustice it's not gonna it's just not gonna end tomorrow but how how we approach it yeah 
you know, how we approach it is what matters. I'm going right. to, I'm going to look at it and say, you know what, I'm not going to give into it, but I'm going to, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to share love, you know, be a person of peace, do what I can and kind of go at it that way. And I agree with you. Like I practice philo- philosophical stoicism, you know, which teaches really not to, not to worry about the things that you can't change, but make sure that you maintain virtue at all times. Right. Yes. I think that is sage advice during this trying time. One of the the podcasts I usually listen to, it's a political commentary, but he passed away two days ago. And it was shocking because he wasn't sick. I think it was a pulmonary embolism or something like that. And it was shocking. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's like, I sometimes get the idea that like, I feel like I have work to do. I still have lots of dreams and hopes and things going on in my life. And it could end tomorrow. It could end today. And what effect are we going to have, regardless of what you believe or don't believe or how you live your life or don't live your life? It's all going to end. None of us get out alive. (laughs) Who said that? Jim Morrison, I think. I think so. I was like... And it just really affected me, but his family and his friends all are like saying we want to continue his work, but he had that much of an impact on them that they loved and cared about him. I mean, he affected a lot of people and that's really how we can keep love alive is how much can we spread love and hope and caring to keep our memory alive. And I think that that's an important thing to remember, like, how am I going to be remembered? Not to do it as a point of like ego, like, but just like, am I affecting the world around me, the immediate world around me that I've shared love and compassion and, and hope and caring and comfort to the people who are in my immediate environment? And if the answer is yes, then you're probably on the right track. Hmm. Yeah, we may not save the world, but we can save those around us, maybe. Yes. Made them a little better than we found them. <laughs> yeah. Like the, what's the little starfish? The, the little yeah, story yeah, of the yeah. kid. You can't save them all. Well, I just saved that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. So I think that those are good messages. So the people who don't know you, let's have you talk a little bit about how you found keto and then how you started coaching. Okay. Let's unpack this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I found keto at the end of a broken life. (laughs) I think I share a story with a lot of people because I was living throughout my 20s and 30s extremely unhealthy. Not only just diet and exercise, but, you know, the stress, just burden on my shoulders. and, And so finally, I just reached a point where my body just could not function like anymore. My adrenal glands were shot. Um. I was having severe low back pain, a nasty autoimmune that was trying to take me to an early grave that led into depression, you know, led into anxiety, anxiety attacks, suicidal thoughts, uh, just deep, deep, dark, dark season. And thankfully, there was a breaking point. You know, there was a, a, a point where things turned around and some decisions were made. And one of those decisions was, you know, I can't just come out of this thing emotionally healthy. Well, at least I can't do it without also being physically healthy, there's this tie, this holistic tie. And so I began to, you know, research, how do you get healthy? Like, I didn't know. And so I've actually, I found the paleo diet. 
you know, and I think think a lot of people also, yeah, I was going to say, I think we shared that story. Yeah. Um, I found paleo and I found it to work very well. I lost a lot of weight and was feeling good and putting my autoimmune into remission. But I'm one of those people that are like, you know, if this is good, what's great? Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) Hello. I I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, so like, yeah, paleo is good. And then this is Stephanie, this is years ago. I think eight, maybe eight years now. So I found keto. I found this idea. I was told I couldn't do it. It would kill me. The brain needed carbohydrates. Oh, you know, just all a, these things. All right. the experts came out, right? Hashtag experts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Nevertheless, I was to the point that I was desperate and uh, paleo is working and it's high fat. You know, let's just take out the black beans. Let's take out the uh, complex carbohydrates. Let's really dial this sucker in and went into the ketogenic, I call it lifestyle, eight years ago. Haven't looked back. (laughs) Yeah, I find, and now I'm more carnivore than anything else. And I just find it simple. That's a. That was the argument for a lot of people, though. They're telling me it's too restrictive. And actually, I don't think it is. I think it's less. I don't think it's restrictive, although I'm not like, I don't know, like a zealot. So if someone Mm -hmm. else wants to eat some other way, I'm fine with that. But I just think it's like, you don't have to think about it because if you know what you can eat, then you just eat that Mm -hmm. and then you don't have to think about it. But for me, I still have some hormone issues, so I don't have the macro ratios, right? I always, I gravitate to under eating and doing excessive endurance sports and then wonder why I have hormone problems. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think it's simple. So I didn't mean to interrupt. So keep going. So no, yeah. I mean, I I'm with you. I just felt like it was a way of eating that fit. Yeah. I could eat it and still feel free to choose because the, the mindset was these things are harmful to my body. Ergo, they're not allowed. They're just not, that's just, it's not, can I have it every once in a while or can I, it was just done. It was just over. Here's what I can have now. Enjoy the variety of the things that, that I can have. Well, anyway, so yeah, I've gone keto and things are improving quickly. And I mean, just the enormity of the benefits was outstanding because my autoimmune was gone. I lost all the weight. Talk Um, about your autoimmune disease. What was it? Because a lot of people have autoimmune diseases and they are under the impression that they can't fix it. And I've mm-hmm. seen people fix it. I fixed my allergies and asthma. I mean, and that was mm-hmm. pretty nice. But tell us yeah. about what you had. Yeah. The, even the simple things, because my seasonal hay allergy was gone. My mm-hmm. allergy to poison ivy, poison oak disappeared. Oh, weird things. Yeah, that's weird things amazing. like that. But the, the autoimmune that I have is called hereditary angioedema. And it's very rare. And it doesn't even have to be hereditary. It's just they classified it as a hereditary mutation. But my body essentially, for unknown reasons, there are different triggers. It could be over being overheated. It could be emotional stress. It could be if I will go too hard in a workout. You know, there's just something every once in a while will trigger my body to attack itself. So in the middle of the night, when I'm sound asleep, my body starts going into anaphylactic shock. It be a breakout in itching and hives from head to toe, swelling of the hands, my face, like my nose, my ears, my lips, and my intestines began to fill with blood in that constriction. 
in the intestinal walls as they fill with blood is ca- then causes the abdominal pains with vomiting and diarrhea. I mean, that just oh, sounds like a party, right? Like <laughs> that sounds so fun. That's a great time. <laughs> a great <And> time. <laughs> so, so that was my life, like living this out a couple of times a month, carrying an EpiPen just in case, just in case my throat swells shut. Living in that fear, if it didn't kill me, I wished it had. There were moments that I actually prayed, God, just take me now. I can't, oh. I can't do this. Well, it just disappeared. Yay. I still have it, right? Like I still have it, but it's in remission. So that gene has been turned off. We call that epigenetic. Right. That gene right. mutated, but then I turned it off. Right. Just like we all have sticks of dynamite. We That's all right. have genes that we're holding in our body that are like a stick of dynamite. And Mm -hmm. if you light it, really bad things happen. (laughs) And we do light them constantly because of our diets and lifestyles, right? So So it's not only diet, because you talked about stress, which I think stress, because for me, when I had asthma and I would stress out, my asthma would be worse or if I trained too hard. So it's the same triggers that sound like that you had. Mm -hmm. The, the only difference was it affected my lungs and my breathing. And for you, it, it affected pretty much everything. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Well, so, but, and I'm also the mindset too, Stephanie, that, you know, what we go through is meant to be used to bless others, right? So I know that's kind of a unique ethos, but I went through this season and I came out of it optimized. Like I'm a new person. I actually, I actually separate my life out before 2011 and post 2012. That time in between there was the burning down of the house. But when I came out of all of that, I just came out, I came out of that so much better and fueled and with a passion, with a purpose. And I started at the only place where I knew to start and that was personal training. So I just became a personal trainer and began to train and learn and get that experience. But that since then has led into a lot of other very unique opportunities, you know, delved into the world of what we call biohacking. There's no I don't know that there's even a real definition as to what that is. There's certainly no certification. Right. Just optimizing health. Like, yeah, I mean, just using yeah. what is at your disposal and not being confined to one simple or one specific right. system. I think um, so. The biohacking groups and stuff all started, you know, initially with longevity, with the idea for longevity. Mm-hmm. So, which makes sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, like my, my ideal, you know, outlook is not just longevity, but quality with that longevity. Like the way I put it was, if you're going to become healthier, then that's going to extend your life. Right. So yeah, I went into that and became really fascinated with just lots of different modalities of health and healing. I come from a background of very holistic health, you know, so herbalism, applied kinesiology, reflexology. I mean, you name it. I come from that background. I was raised in that. So I'm very open to using different things to, to help bring health. But the one thing that fascinated me, I think probably the most was the genetics because that take, that's really taking out the guesswork. And here I am with an autoimmune. I've just successfully turned off a gene that for unknown reasons mutated I don't know why it mutated and it's not ever going to not be mutated, but I turned it off and now I can live my life free of the stress and of the pain and of all of that. And so I became an epigenetics coach, uh, which is what I do now. 
aside from everything else that I do as well. Aside from uh, being a personal trainer and a preacher and an epigenetic coach. Well, you know, I'm holistic. (laughs) I'm (laughs) well-rounded. I feel like in this sort of sphere, I think that it all, I mean, regardless, people tend to be rounded because one thing leads to another. That's right. One thing leads to unraveling what you thought you knew, you know. Like, oh, why I thought I knew about this, but oh, I was wrong. Maybe something else. And it just opens your mind to other possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. And we see how they're connected. And I don't know. I just really think it's beautiful and I appreciate it. So, yeah, I mean, I've just found a lot of success in being able to meet people's needs by looking at the whole picture. Yeah. So, yeah. So keep going about the coaching for genetics because it's super cool. I mean, you told me all about it when we were at the keto at the cabin. I thought it was super interesting, but I'll let you tell the listeners all the cool things you found out. Mm, yeah, I'm, actually, I just sent off my wife's DNA yesterday. We're doing our whole family because, of, you know, people are familiar with things like 23andMe, which is a very not against 23andMe. I've done 23andMe and Ancestry.com. But, you know, those are very, very small, small parts of the picture and based on the population that is also submitted in their samples. Right. But I went and decided to go with a group called the Aperon Group Center of Human Performance out of Austin, Texas. But they also have a location here in Asheville and partnered with a, uh, a local doctor who he the author actually of Authentic Health, uh, Dr. Gus Vickery, of uh, Vickery Family Medicine and, and Wild Health of Asheville. And so he and I began to work together and in, in providing the DNA testing and coaching for people. And so it's not just, you're not just getting a small picture, but we provide a huge picture, like 80 pages worth of very detailed information about your genetics from diet to supplementation, to hormones, to athletic performance, to sleep, detoxification pathways. I mean, it really involves so much information, but we don't just leave you with that information, say here, good luck. But we take that information and we disseminate it down into coaching cues, lifestyle changes. If there are particular genes that do need to be turned off, let's turn them off. If there are some that need to be turned on, the same thing. We're going to work. We're going to we're going to change the things that need to be changed, whether it's through diet, lifestyle, the external factors, and just make sure that you're living the best life you can based on your DNA and not what the rest of the health community thinks that you should be doing. Because let's be honest, like we talk about diet and everybody that's on a specific, you know, that diet, quote unquote, well, they think that's the same diet that everybody should be on. Right. Well, and I think that's funny because I eat mostly all meat diet, very few vegetables, if any. I know that dairy is not the best for me, so I try to avoid it. But sometimes it sneaks in because it's tasty and there's a little demon on my shoulder that says, eat me. <laughs> but, I, and I, but I know people who are vegans, you know, they're healthy people. And I know people who are vegetarians and, you know, as healthy as I, as far as I can tell. But I think that the idea that we're all supposed to eat the same thing, I don't think it's true. But It's a flawed, it's flawed. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Bio-individuality yeah. is one of the things. And I live in an area, Stephanie, that you know, a lot of times you're, you're accosted more if you're not a vegan. You know, Asheville is kind of the hippie Portland of the South. 
So I decided to go vegan. I'm like, all right, let's give it a try. But I'm a biohacker, so I'm going to test my blood before, intra, and post. And I found out unequivocally that Trent is not meant to be a vegan. (laughs) I I tried (laughs) a vegan diet too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but I was willing to give it a try. You know, I was at least willing to be unbiased and, and test it. And yeah, it didn't work for me. And so that's where the genetics came into play because those are all guessing games. Right. Well, and I think that it's good that you have something you're like, I want to have empirical evidence to see what's going on in my body. So what tests did you do? Did you do A1Cs or C-reactive protein? Yeah. Yes. When I did my vegan experiment, A1C, HSCRP, inflammation test, I tested my triglycerides, which tripled. I tested all of my, my gosh, all of my blood marker, cholesterol, you know, lipid profiles. My testosterone went from 730, 730 something, 7, 730, was it 740 something to 236. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm sure Mandy appreciated that. <laughs> it, it, took me, uh, it took me a little bit to bounce back from that. Like I had That's to rebuild. Hard. Yeah, I just got back this morning from having my testosterone tested again. I stay on top of it, but I, I absolutely tanked it when I went vegan. Yeah. I ate a vegan diet for about six months and uh, I didn't even need blood tests to tell you I was a train wreck. Well, was, I know I didn't need the blood. Test. <laughs> like I could yeah. feel it, you know, Yeah, I've, but at least I was going to have the evidence to back up my argument. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, it was horrible. Like, I don't think I've ever felt that bad in my life. I was the walking dead. Yeah. But, uh, but like you said, I mean, I've, I, there are some who really thrive on yeah. that diet. And I say, that's awesome. You know, you know, if, if they have figured it out for themselves, what works for them, that's, that's being uh, sincere, sim- that's being sympathetic to their bio-individuality. And, but still, I mean, I still maintain that it's all still a guessing game. And, you know, things change, our body changes, our hormone profiles change over the course of our life. And yeah, so going back to just, you know, taking people's DNA and letting it decide, you know, I, I did mine and I found out some very intriguing evidence that I wasn't eating according to my DNA. I was eating per what I just thought was probably right for me. And when I found out what my DNA said, it was really interesting because it was the diet. This is no joke. It was the diet that I was eating just prior to keto. Well, let me put it this way. It was a keto Mediterranean diet. So very high in monounsaturated fats. Whereas past couple of years, I've been eating very, very high saturated fats because I enjoy them. I just like them. Yeah. But I didn't feel as good. My body composition wasn't holding up quite as well. And and so my DNA says, yeah, you're wrong. Get off those saturated fats. Get onto the monounsaturated fats. Increase your fiber intake because you're designed to have a little bit more fiber. Your insulin resistant profile is lower than most. So go ahead and you can backload these carbs, or you can put them around your, you know, so I just designed this entire diet that made, looking back, it made sense. Like, yeah, that is actually, when I was eating that way, I, I, I felt better. I looked better. I performed better. Well, looking back, I mean, I think that it's good that you have this option to do these tests and be able to advise people because people are so disconnected from their body and they've heard talk about overload of information. They just don't know where to turn. And we also the tribalism of 
Mm-hmm. I'm a vegan and that's my tribe. I'm a carnivore. That's my tribe. I'm paleo. That's my tribe. You know, that turns off the ability to really feel your body. Do you think that if you had the insights, like looking back, if you were like, I'm just going to turn off all of my heard and said, and really think about how I feel every day, you could have came to the same conclusion, even though it would have likely taken you longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would have definitely taken me longer. But that's really one thing that I think, you know, living the lifestyle of health, and that's that it helps you to become more in tune with your body and your, the way you feel and those signals. And so I think intuitively almost, intuitively, I'm sitting here in my mind, I'm thinking black beans are good for you. <laughs> but then there's this, maybe it's the same little devil that sits on your shoulder, sitting on my shoulder going, but you can't, they're not keto, right? Yeah. <laughs> well... I know for a fact dairy makes me feel bloated. <laughs> so, because when I eat it, I become bloated. So, I think that that's the hard part because part of you, this part, my mouth wants different things that maybe everything right. below the mouth wants. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, literally, if I had, if I could, like, Stephanie, if you could have whatever you wanted and you, it would be perfectly healthy for you. I would eat hard cheese and probably like summer sausage, you know, that sort of thing with red (laughs) wine. Like that would be my nirvana. I have eaten like that before and I didn't feel good. So Mm. I know that that's not optimal for me. I mean, I think that it's, I mean, right now I'm struggling because I was working with Robert Sykes and then when I lost my clients, I really just couldn't afford to pay him. And he was, had me eating a lot more. And he's like, your metabolism's too slow. We don't have any room to cut. So I was gaining weight. I wasn't gaining a lot of size, even though eventually I did put on some size, like I got bigger and I was feeling a little better. (laughs) It was like, I got to like the peak. And then I was like, I can't afford the coaching because I lost clients. And then I stopped working with them. Now I'm stuck. I'm stuck at this point and I'm like, I do not like being here. And then I revert back to the brainwashing of just eat less, exercise more by default. But then the days that I don't eat enough, the next day I step on the scale and I'm heavier. And that's just like, so, or even, and it, if I don't eat enough, it slows down my hormones so much that it's like, it's just this horrible catch 22. I feel like I'm in this loop of the ratios I can't get right. Well, maybe I need to take your genetic testing because. You, well, it's funny because you mentioned the dairy and there's a, there's a section in there on dairy. And so someone like you might, they might say, I don't do well with dairy. Yeah. But the question is why, you know, you don't want to just say, this is my DNA. Well, but it could be it could be a gene that has a SNP, a single nucleotide polymorphism, which is that variation. That's what we're looking for. So maybe Stephanie could do well on dairy. We just need to see if there, there is that uh, variation and change the expression of that gene. That's kind of the cool part of what yeah. we're doing here. Because I think people, they just relegate themselves. They're just, okay, this is who I am. This is the way I feel when I eat this. Yeah, but you shouldn't. <laughs> So if someone has this SNP that's off, how do you modify that, that SNP? It really depends on what the particular gene is. So 
Some are going to be a simple change in diet. Some are going to be a change in supplementation. So there's just maybe something your body needs in order to turn on or turn off that gene. So it's really dependent upon the gene itself. For me, I'll, I'll give you one of my examples. So glutathione is the master antioxidant of the body, and it really you know, is important for the immunity, right? So when we're talking about detox and immunization, but my glutathione system is not one that works great. So when I go in there and I see, oh, there's this gene that is expressed in this code, how do I change that? And so for me, it's simply adding in things like selenium or milk thistle, some liver support. So supporting the liver's ability to produce the glutathione. So it kind of shows us the, you know, a bigger picture right. of what's going on. Do you have on. the so, MTFR? I don't have it. Oh, I do. I'm good. You, you do have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I work with uh, Dr. Nally and I'm on MTFR methylfolate supplement. Mm-hmm. I take it every yeah. day and I can tell a difference when I don't take it. Well, and I'll tell you, like, even for me, again, genetically speaking, my thyroid struggles to convert T4 into T3, the activated form of thyroid hormone. So I'll find this out through my genetics, have it tested to verify, yep, low activated thyroid. And so I'm on thyroid medication. So sometimes that's just the route that we take. Now, of course, yeah, I take, I take kelp for natural iodine to help elevate the, its ability. But sometimes it does show us that there's a form of medication maybe that we could be on that would help. That's cool. The, uh, so do you feel now like you're feeling optimal or do you, are you still looking for like, I'm going to see if I can make a little tweak here, a little tweak. I'm always looking for the tweak, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always, I'm a biohacker and I'm never satisfied ever. (laughs) But you know, I, I have that personality as well. And I will tell you, it gets frustrating for me because coaching my clients, like I have to write programs for them and everything, but I always think there's an infinite number of possibilities of things that we could be doing and you can't give someone an infinite possibility program. So I, you know, write Mm -hmm. them the program, but I'm always thinking, well, maybe we should have done that. Maybe we should have done this. And then I just wait. I like require my clients to give me a lot of feedback because I will overthink everything, which is, I think a uh, biohacker's dilemma is, um, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, should I be doing this? I mean, even for me, you know, training hard, I was woke up this morning, I was going to go swimming and I just didn't feel it. And then I took a rest day. I decided I'm going to take a rest day, ended up doing yard work instead. And then the thinking like, well, should I have worked harder? Should I have gone for my bike, you know, swim? you know, those little things, like every moment we have an infinite level of possibilities of things we can do. And And it's uh, exhaustive. It is. (laughs) We can, uh, we can become so decision fatigued just for all the things that are there. And I guess, you know, for me, I probably do that for me. When it comes to my clients, I just try to reach for the low hanging fruit for them. Oh, well, that's a good plan. What can they get started on right now? If I put someone onto my regimen, it would kill them. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, it's, it looks insane from the outside, but it's taken me years to get where I am. Yeah. I feel you. I also get to where I'm like, ah, I'm just going to take a break. And, uh, I go, I don't know. That's a bad thing though. I don't know. You know, sometimes like I'm with you the other, you know, I started like this little mini summer cut the other couple of weeks ago and I took my weight on Monday and I did such a good job that I gained a pound in three days on my mini cut. <laughs> it's like, screw it. I'm just, I'm just going to relax. Maybe, maybe that's the answer. We just yeah, give it, a, give it a break and then do like this saying uh, I use it a lot. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just know, you know, gratitude, good sleep, eat whole food, you know, just kind of eat real food. Yeah. 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 I posted a picture of pieces of margarine, low fat butter and real butter. And then there's ants on it. I saw that. It's, yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> just eat real food, food made nature like that you could have had 10,000 years ago. Yep. That's a good start. The optimizing, that's all those little tweaks that come in between. Yeah, that becomes neurotic. I don't think Dave Asprey is going to live to be 200 years old like he wants. Yeah, I don't know that (laughs) I'd want to live into 200. I remember when my grandmother was in her 80s and she said, you know, all my friends are dying. Yeah. And my great aunt just passed away two or three months ago and she was 99 years old. Mm. And she had outlived her husband, her stepchildren, her grandchildren, and she was the last one standing. Mm. So I don't know. I would, I think I'd like to live to a hundred, but I don't know if I'd like to live to 200. I couldn't even because, imagine. Yeah. And the way no. things change so quickly now, I, I can't imagine the world in, yeah, in 154 years. Yeah, my aunt was born in, you know, 1920, and she lived to 2020. That's a full life. You saw a lot of things from 1920 to yeah. 2020. <laughs> I I do have lots of things I want to do before. I'm like obsessed with regenerative agriculture, and if I could find a way, I've been I've been looking for ends, <laughs> find a do, way to do regenerative agriculture thinking of doing backyard bunnies and having them mow mm. my lawn, but, um, <laughs> goats, you know, Stephanie, moving on. You just, you just need goats. <laughs> I need goats. Well, my husband's not for goats. I don't know. I have like, that's the problem. I've been married 27 years, but my husband grew up on a farm and I grew up on a ranch. So I loved ranching, but he hated farming. Mm. So he is <laughs> like, I want to go back to what I, how I grew up. And he, he does not. That's the big. I got you. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. (laughs) So let's talk about, we're coming up on time and I want to take all your day, but it's so fun talking to you, Trent. Where can people find you? You want to visit me at my house? It is. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But if you are ever in the Asheville area, there's a lot of fun things to do here in Asheville. But appreciate you asking that question. So you can find me here and there on Instagram at Trent Holbert, just simple, Trent Holbert. On Facebook, I've got my Trent Holbert Fitness Fit for the Kingdom page there. And in the book, I did want to mention that as well. The Food God is out. 
and excited to finally get that out and it's and it's doing well and, and of course that can be found on Amazon or all of my information can be found on my website at www.trentholbertfitness.com very oh, cool oh i forgot i also have a podcast <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you know that thing that we're doing right now <laughs> I so much enjoy being on other people's podcasts, like the pressures. I'm just, I just enjoy the conversation and hanging out with you, Stephanie. I forgot <laughs> that I do it too. But yeah, you can also find my podcast, the Fit for the Kingdom podcast. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So it was so great talking to you. Tell Mandy I said hi. Well, and cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and subscribe to the show. If there's anyone you would like to hear from or any topics you would like to hear more about, please let us know in the comments.